All my dreamers put your hands in the sky. All my dreamers put your hands in the sky. One time. All my dreamers put your hands in the sky. All my dreamers put your hands in the sky. One time. For the poor shit that you came from. Worked hard to get away from. But the devil's there and you just can't seem to shake up. For the long night that you stayed up. Thinking about that paper. Crushing liquor, split it, light it, blaze up. From the mind of a stoner. From the mind of a stoner. Simple thoughts from a loner. Simple thoughts from a loner. Just the mind of a stoner. From the mind of a stoner. Simple thoughts from a loner. Simple thoughts from Welcome to the Podtakes Podcast. I am your host, the Notorious D.R.E., a.k.a. Dre Price. This is episode three. I'm joined by my temporary audio producer today. Yeah, boy, it's a temporary in case I get fired after today. You might have to let yeah. him go. You never know. If y'all hear static, we're going to blame it all on that young man. Uh, I'm also joined by a long, long, long time friend of mine, but an adversary today. Mr. Andre Hendricks. Yo, what's up, world? How y'all doing today? Boys in the building. Yes, um, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, it's going to be a very Dallas-centric show today. Because, I mean, we have to address the, the elephant in the city. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's... No matter where you go, you at McDonald's. I was getting a McMuffin this morning, and the, and the Mexican motherfucker was like, Dag, Dag on Romo. What, what, what? Dag, so, I mean... Dag... We, we we have to we have to address it. We have to kind of, but we're gonna address it a little bit differently. I mean, I'm sure on ESPN, on radio, all that y'all been hearing. Basically, everyone says, you know, oh, I like Dak for this reason, or I like Romo for this reason. They just explain it on a tangent. But we both think, or at least I think, we're gonna get to what Andre think in a minute. I think <laughs> it can work, you know, in tangent. I think there's a way to make both parties happy. But I'll get to that later. But the way we're gonna attack this is. We're going to look at how Tony Romo directly affects every person on the offense and then compare that and contrast that to how Dak directly affects each person and their responsibilities on the offense. So not necessarily saying whether it's this person should be it or that person should be it. We're just going to present well, you know, our personal opinions on how each quarterback affects different players on the offense. And then at the end, we'll kind of make our own personal pitch. And then you can decide for yourself. That's how we like to do it. That's what pod takes. That's young Andre in the building in the back. Shout out, young Andre. But um, so the first player I think we kind of have to look at who, you know, is directly affected by the quarterback position is, you know, the bad man himself. He stole that from A-Rod. Stephen A. can't call A-Rod the bad man himself. Zeke is now officially the bad Zeke. man. And boy, he came out eating us. Zeke. Zeke. the beast. But it's rare, and it's, it's just a touch on kind of what you know Zeke has done so far through the bye week. It's rare when you get a top five pick who everybody expects you to come in and be rookie of the year mm-hmm. and you know to live up to expectations. It's rare when you have a, a rookie running back come in and just not even live up to expectations, completely surpass them. Nobody thought he would be... I mean, I didn't think he would be leading the league in rushing so far at this point. I thought, you know what I'm saying, he could... Have he's a, leading the league? He's leading the league, so by 100 yards. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a wide gap. So even that's after this... crop top, right? That's, yeah, that's all crop top I and the black lips. You know what I mean? The other last time I saw Yeah, the crop top and the black lips, son. And he, he got like a 112-yard lead right now on everyone else. Word. So even after this week, after the bye week, he's still going to be... Probably that's, leading the that's with that first bad game on that 51 yards that first game. Yeah, yeah. And he's become the first rookie ever to rush for 
130 yards in four consecutive games. So he's, he's, he's setting records. But we're going to look at, we know Zeke is a monster. I mean, he's just going to continue to get better, get better. What we're going to look at is first, we'll start with Dak. How do you think Dak, we'll start with Andre. Because if y'all didn't know, Andre, professional football player, he's played. What'd you play in college? Harkin Simmons University. It's in Abilene, Texas. Division three school, a small school, but, you know. Hey, still gave the paper, man. That yep. degree still tastes the same. Yep, yep, so, yep, yep, yep. he played four years college football, played professionally with uh, the Arena League. AFL, Tampa Bay Storm, uh, IFL, Amarillo Venom. And uh, this year I'll be going to uh, New Mexico playing in Duke City. So, the young man's well-traveled and he knows his football. So, I mean, I, you know, we, we go back to high school. We used to have these same arguments. Yep. Next to each other on the D line in high school, so we're just gonna carry it over to the mics. I trust that strong side. I trust that man's knowledge. So we're gonna step right in. Um, how do you think Dak affects? Like, what is like, what is his role in Zeke's success? Whether it's positive or positively or negatively, in your opinion? Uh, it's positivity. You know, uh, Dak with Zeke back there. You know, you gotta be. It's a threat for Dak to run the ball. So with sure. Zeke, with Zeke back there, you know, you really. The zone read, you know, they haven't really instilled it in there yet. I think they're saving it, you know, for later in the season. But it's just like when Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson, it was two running threats back there. So you have to worry about two guys that can run the ball. So you don't know who's who's going to get the ball. And as a former defensive player, tell me how, how much pressure that puts on the defense. Puts a hell of a lot of pressure on the defense, man, especially if you're at the end. Because eventually if they keep running, you know, running the zone, and Zeke taking it, Zeke taking it, you're going to get pissed off and you're going to go right down the line. Well, at one time, you're going to right down the line, Dak is going to put it and he's out the, he's 80 and out. No doubt, no doubt. And there's a, there's a, um, a history of success with running games. With, I mean, obviously, with running quarterbacks, you're going to put up more numbers. But what it does for the running backs as well. Vince Young, yep. Chris Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, had his 2,000-yard season was... Vince Young, the quarterback? I believe so. Vince Young was the quarterback. Ward Dunn, all those years with Mike Vick, they would have like 3,000-yard rushes. <laughs> so what it does is football is all about a numbers game. So the, the offense is always at a disadvantage because they have a quarterback, so they're essentially playing 11 on 10. So with a, with a, with a running quarterback, what that does is you even up the, game, the numbers game. Mm -hmm. So that defense end has to stay honest. They have to stay honest and respect that pool. So now we're blocking 10 on 10 as opposed to 10 on 11. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that it, it in the history of football, there's a running quarterback has always directly benefited the running back. And as a result, I think Zeke is seeing, he's seeing that defensive end, like you stated, he's not crashing down. You know what I'm saying? So those lanes stay open a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And a running back like Zeke, that's really all he needs to hit that crease and get the fuck out of Dodge. So exactly. I think, I think I honestly do believe that Dak has truly – taking this running game to to a level that it wouldn't be able to get to, you know, with another quarterback in there. I'm not even going to mention his name because we're going to get to him. Yeah. But, but, but they also, you know, as a defense, you know, as we play in the high school, you know, if if you know you got a, a, a dual threat quarterback back there, you have to go through every concept during the, you know, during the week. You know what I'm saying? As with, you know, with Tony, like you said, we get in later with that. But with Tony, that playbook shrinks because you know he's not going to get back there and run his own read. So it shrinks. It shrinks more so with the, with the, with the, with the, what you can do with as far as the QB run yeah, design, yeah, yeah. the draws and all that. So, yeah, I get what you're saying with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, but with Dak, you know, you got to worry about the zone read. You got to worry about the quarterback draws. You got to worry about, hey, even Zeke going out there to the, you know, 
going out there to the boundary, just his threat of receipt catching the ball. You know, we haven't talked about his catching skills because that's another thing that he haven't even we haven't even started utilizing him right. yet. No, I think yeah, and I think you'll see you'll see him get him more involved in the screen game. He's really good in the screen game, so I think he'll he'll improve with that as the season goes on. So yeah, we would okay. So as far as now, let's let's take it to where Tony. How does Tony impact Zeke. Now I'll start off because Tony's my guy. Yeah. Shout out to the nine guy. I'm, I'm a believer. I got the Bible, the book, <laughs> book of Tony. Uh, Romo and his ability to stretch the defense vertically, I think it 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 makes it it, it, it creates more room in the box because your safeties have to respect. That's like with with um, Prescott in the, in the game was the starting quarterback so far. You know, you only really seen Des in two games, but the game he really went off. It was more like the short post, mm -hmm. the the deep ends. You know, what I'm saying your ten, your ten to twenty yard passes, and that's I mean that's great. If you can move up and down the field, so be it. That's great. But when you start stretching the defense with those deep posts, those those go routes, now as somebody is as dominant, as dangerous as Des, and we'll get to him in a bit. In a bit. That's gonna keep my safeties on. You're gonna see more cover two defenses where you got two deep, two deep safeties, and now I got seven in the box. And with our offensive line, I'll take that seven in the box against our running game any day of the week. So I think Tony, he's not gonna be able to. Well, I think with Dak, Dak stretches the defense horizontally, so where the creases open up a different way. I mm -hmm. think with Romo, he's gonna stretch them vertically to the point where you don't have as many people in the box. And if you do have people in the box, He's going to make you pay, whether it's with Bryce Butler, with Terrence Williams, with Dez. We have three receivers that can all get down the field mm -hmm. and make plays. So that aspect of the offense will open it up for Zeke to where, imagine Zeke is doing this with seven, eight, nine men in the box. Imagine what happens when you get a nickel defense and they got two deep safeties. <laughs> we yamming you. That's what happened with DeMarco Murray. And yep. people say, you know, Tony's going to disrupt the run game. Well, I, I, my counter to that is, well, in 2014, Murray led the league in Russia. Mm -hmm. Offensive player of the year. So, I mean... Tony, I would argue, was an asset in the running game. His yeah. ability to, you know, play take action. to play action, take pressure off the defenses. His experience and knowledge to know when to audible out of a run play from this side to that side, or when the defense is playing the pass, when to audible into the run game. So I think that knowledge is also a tool in helping Zeke, you know, flourish. So I think, and what we're gonna get to as we get more through these positions, what you're gonna see is that you really can't go wrong with either option. Yep, it's yep. more so, you know, it comes into play experience and, you know, that knowledge kind of helping you add another tool to the, to the you know, toolbox, essentially. But, so, we, we can both agree, Zeke, well, he's going to eat regardless. But, I mean, it's just, you know, it's how, it's how we're able to attack defenses, whether it's vertically with Tony, which opens it up, you know, a certain way, and then horizontally with that. Mm -hmm. um, let's move on to the, the next monster in the offense, the X-Man himself, Dez Bryant. We'll start, we'll go reverse. I'll let you start with Tony and how how Tony directly impacts Dez and his performance. Well, you know, Tony and Dez got that connection. Just like Troy and, Troy and uh, Irvin. Roger and, you know, uh, Bob Hayes, right. you know. That type of connection uh, to where that Tony knows when in doubt, you know, if I can't find 88, you know, or 82, I'm going to 88. And, you know... I'm a former quarterback back in the day in high school. Back, back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. But, <laughs> I let you say. <laughs> but the one guy he used to throw to was Henderson. Because I'm going to be honest, you know, he was the only good receiver. Shout out J-Dub. <laughs> you know, you know, J-Dub. Uh, but when in doubt, bro, you just got to throw it, throw it up to him. Give him a chance. 
And I feel like the quarterbacks that we had when Tony got hurt last year, Matt Castle, Brandon Whedon, they didn't trust Dez enough to do that when Dez came back, right. even with a broken foot. Yeah. You know and we saw saying? we saw a little bit of that from Dak. Like so, we'll get to him in a bit um, with Dez. We saw a little bit of that in the preseason. I thought it would carry yeah. over, but it didn't initially. But I mean, Romo and Dez, man, like you have something that can't be taught. Chemistry, like that comes with experience. Dez yeah. has been in the league since 2010, so that's six years of practice time, game times, clutch. You know, uh, stressful situations where he bailed you out. Like that's where you develop that relationship back, and that back trust. Back shoulder fade. That, the back shoulder fade, that's, which that's, is indefensible. You can't, you can't stop that. So that comes with time, and not to say Dak and Dez can't get there in the future, but it's gonna take time. Whereas Romo and Dez, like you mentioned, it's like pre-natural. They just they know he knows where he's gonna be. He trusts them. They've done it so many times to where. And let's and let's be honest, Dez is happy. And I'm not to say Dez. I hate when the media says Dez isn't a team player. Like, Dez loves the team just yeah, as much as anybody. Loves the team, man. But Dez wants to eat because he knows that's what's best for the team as well. Yeah. So, if Dez doesn't get the ball, you know, Dez is going to get frustrated. So, to, to a certain extent. So, I mean, we have to we have to take that into consideration. Tony's going to Tony's gonna get Dez involved with every concept in the route tree, which is only going to put more pressure on the defense. First, you know, stop. And then after the stop, you know, you probably have a little double move. Yeah. Then a slant. Then a dig. And then, so, when he, then when he really even it's that, that crossing routes, that's when they really The deep him. crossing, when he can catch it on the move. And Dez is such a freak, a monster, that if you don't, if he catches, he's like T.O. back in the gap. If you if, if he catches on the move full speed, yeah. it's going to be hard to, for a corner to get him on the ground. So he's going to run for a minute. So <laughs> I, I think, I mean, and like I said, Tony, Tony just, his experience, his knowledge, he just knows and he recognizes when that, that mismatch that is one on one on it's one on one on the offense, and you know Dez is throwing that hand up. He's seeing he's seeing that he's knowing. All right, I know the offense. When Dak, we'll get to this with Dak more. Mm -hmm. When Dak hears the offensive play call, he's not as, as savvy to the point where they giving him pretty much a run or a pass, and you just choose whether which which, which is the best want, play. Which one? Yeah. So Tony knows. All right, it's a run to Zeke on the left, but that safety crowd down. And it look like, it's look like it's man, press man, and I know Dez can murder this corner off the press, off the release. So let me, you know, tap my head, Omaha, whatever we call, yep, yep. you know, uh, whatever the, the, the hot route is, and I'm going to get Dez going deep down in the field. And while the 10-play drives are great and awesome, 11, 12, 13-play drives, and they keep the defense off the field, those quick those quick play drives are what, what put the fear of God in the defense. And that's what's going to bag you up, and then that's get what's going to let you going. Get the get you going. going. So... I think I mean I think Tony right now is a little bit better for Dez, but I, I, but we'll get to Dak. Let's trans, transition yep. to Dak. I still think Dak, with time, will be able to develop that relationship with Dez, and he's more his throws that he was making to Dez were more you know risk free, mm -hmm. and I know some people are more you know they they would prefer our offense to be more risk averse and not and not be a situation where Tony's taking chances and this and that. I would argue in the playoffs. You got to take chances to win, especially yeah, you going to. against Minnesota, yeah, you got to. Seattle. Those are great defenses. So, I mean, but but the way they're utilizing Dez so far, at least in the two-game sample size that we have, is, you know, the the mid-routes, the mid-level routes, the ends, the back shoulder fades. We saw a few of those. They didn't really have the chemistry in the red zone. And so I think you, you didn't see – you weren't getting Dez's full capabilities because in the red zone, that's when Dez is essentially – a Dez. tight end at receiver. Yep. Like there's a stat uh, since Dez came as as of 2000 as of last year going into last year before Dez got hurt. Since Dez came into the lead, no more no one had more touchdown catches. In the red zone, right? 
just in general. In general? Okay, yeah. Okay. As far as active players. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. even even more in the red zone. So that back shoulder fade, you want to talk about indefensible. Like, you can't cover that. It's, if it's a good throw, that's going to catch it, he's going to score, and it's going to be money. Yeah, Dak, so, that first preseason game, that's when I thought Dak was. You thought yeah. it would be there because Dak put it on the money three times, bro. On back to back to back. Right here, Perfect bro. throws, indefensible throws. And so it was cool to see that. You thought it would translate over to the season. but And like I said, they only had two games together. That comes with time. But, yeah, but then Dez got hurt after, you know, that third preseason game. So he missed two weeks because that concussion. Exactly. And, and they didn't develop that rapport. And that's another thing with Dez, man. He, he got to stay healthy, man. He's getting injury prone. He's got to learn to go down. I mean, I talked about him being a beast in the open field. and there, But there, there are times when you can just give yourself up. And I know that goes against everything he stands for as a competitor. But sometimes you just got to give yourself up, man, live to fight another play. All right, it's the, it's the stupid shit, though. Like, you know, cut his finger, chopping off some carrots. I man. mean, that's just, you know, that's just niggas going to be niggas. That's just dumb shit. <laughs> I mean, nigga, why are you cutting your own carrots anyway? You got all this bread, man. How are you a well, like McFadden, you falling down the stairs with your elbow. Right, I shit. think that was something else. All right, we'll get to that. I don't know what's going to happen to that, but <laughs> we'll get to that. But, but I mean, yeah, but I think with Dez, you're going to get that, man. He's just, he just a... That's the type of dude he is. I mean, it's just like with Beckham. The weird... I mean, Dez ain't give you the weird shit, but it's just going to come with it. That's just who Dez is. We understand that as fans. Like, you just got to get used to it. Michael Irvin had his problems. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dez ain't getting arrested, so you just got to live with it. As long as the production is there on the field, and Dez can stay healthy now. Michael Irvin was always on the field. So you got to get to the point where you're, you're healthy and available. So I mean, that and, it come, and it comes down to what he's doing in the offseason. Because if you're getting hurt, you know, in training camp, well, then obviously your offseason won't good because that final... But these final, are freak injuries, though. So, These are freaking because Julio had that same foot injury. Well, I ain't talking about the foot. Foot's something, but if you the knee, and then the knee, what was the what was the preseason injury? Hamstring, and then concussion. Well, concussion. I mean, you can't control that either. But I don't think he had a concussion. I think he was just hung over. So yeah, you know, it was concussion in the in the preseason. Yeah, that was the only injury he had. Concussion. Yeah, it was a concussion. I don't think he was hung over. And then that was a freak. He, I thought he was gonna tear his tear yeah. some shit the way he fell against uh who was that game against Washington? New York. New York. Was that against New York? No, that was against um, Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Yeah, that was against Chicago. Um, so he didn't play, he played against Washington, didn't he? Yeah, he played, yeah, maybe eight, he had 100 yards. Yeah, so he had three games. Yeah, he, he had three, three, games. three Yeah, we said two, yeah, he had three. He got hurt and came back actually in the third game, so he played three. But I don't think, I don't think, I mean, those freak injuries. He, his knee went a cruel way. I think, I mean, from what I see on his Instagram, I think Dad's keeps himself in pretty good shape. I mean, he's a physical freak. So, but I mean, like you said, it's maybe the soft, soft tissue shit that's keep catching up to him. Maybe something does need to change. But we'll move on to old man with Jason Witten. And I think, honestly, I don't think it matters either way with whether it's Romo in the offense, whether it's Dak in the offense. We can make this short and brief. Witten going to do what Witten Witten do. He's going to run eight yards, and he's going to hit you with the same shit. Shake (laughs) And then you're going to fucking either go, you're going to break left, he's going to see you go to the left a little bit, he's going to break right. You're going to go to the right, he's going to break left. You're going to drop off, he's going to sit. He's the smartest tight end in the league. He knows, he ain't fast, but he just knows every trick in the book to get you off your heels and able to get you, you know what I'm saying, to commit to where you're going to go early and he just reacts to what you do. So, I don't think it affects, and Dak found that out early, like just find 82, hit him right there between the numbers, it's going to stick and he's going to get to the sticks every single time, first down. So, I mean, if you got anything else to add to Witten, I don't. I think we keep this brief. Witten going to do what Witten going to do. It ain't going to matter who. Well, I could be back there at quarterback. It's going to be the same thing. <laughs> now, Witten, Witten is definitely the captain, man. 
He definitely is. He, he needs to get that Super Bowl ring. That, Captain that, America. Yeah, that's him. We got to get it for for him and for people talk about Romo, but Witten Witten got like a year, maybe two years left. Yes. So I mean, I feel like he could play forever, but I mean, this nigga's in the thirteenth year, and he had a lot of injuries. Never missed a game, really. Never so, missed a game. I mean, it's it's gonna catch up eventually. So shout out to old man Witten, man. He, Hall of he's Famer, cool, dude. Hall of Famer. Very cool, dude. My mom found him. I met his family. His rookie year, my mom found his uh, him and his wife an apartment, and uh, I got to meet him and his wife. They was real cool people. So shout out to the Wittens. Um, who else? Cole Beasley. Shout out to Cole Beasley. Little Elm, Texas. Finest. And we've been, we've been knowing Cole forever since like high school. Not like our freshman year. Kicking with him. I kicked him with him right one time at the track meet. I ain't really kicking with him. Like we had a conversation. But um, Cole Beasley, man, any, any ranch food people, we've been knowing about Cole Beasley since freshman year. 04, 05. So Cole Beasley was like a legend in his own right. Like he would be five foot six. Dunking. Little white dude doing windmill dunks, doing and shit, windmill bro. dunks yeah, on the pregame warm ups. Dunked on uh, what's the, the the twins? Was it one of the Burtons? Yeah, it was he one of the Burtons. It was one of them. What? So they six eight. That'll tell you about what Cole, Be the legend of Cole Beasley. Because yeah, remember, Cole Boy was coming up in there just cussing. Yeah. And he said, "We got look Cole Beasley, man, <laughs> the white mother." Hey, he was quarterback on the football team. Mean little option, little air crouch ass nigga. Shaking the fuck out of everybody. So Cole Beasley, SMU, uh, man, he's in the dream, man. man. In his hometown, man, in college at SMU, brought the program man. back. SMU, yeah, yeah, man, shout Sanders. out to Cole Beasley. Yeah, man, Beasley. Happy And we could get. We honestly getting to the point now. Last year, Beasley didn't. I thought Beasley would take off last year with Romo, you know, at quarterback, and that that extra year of chemistry they had and they established. But of course, Romo got hurt, and the backups last year couldn't figure out how to utilize Cole. So I was worried about Dak and Cole, but. Shit, that that I think that Cole Beasley now is like Witten at this point. You know what you gonna get with Cole Beasley. Exactly. No matter who back there, whether it's Zach, Dak. I don't know why I get Zach and Dak from <laughs> Zeke ass. Whether it's Dak or Romo, that white motherfucker gonna be a, a white blur running across the, the fucking the uh, the hash yard, fucking shaking the fuck out of somebody, bro. That's, he's more shifted, I think, than Julian Ellen. No, nah, he's a quick. He's gotta be the quickest player in the league. You can't guard him one on one. There's no way, bro. That that route he ran on the goal line where he he acted like he was blocking and nigga hit a turbo boost on his stupid ass corner. <laughs> Fucking bro, he like he put his left foot in the ground and like exploded and like created like eight yards of separation, bro. In the NFL, it's impossible to create that much separation. So that's a, it's quick twitch as they fucking come. Cole Beasley, it's to the point in NFL. You're gonna learn. You cannot man on third down, you cannot man this nigga up. You gotta start bracket covering he's gonna, him. He's going to the Pro Bowl this year. Yeah, and it's gonna open up nothing but open lanes for dead. So, all, if you see this, this, this offensive train is starting to come together, and this, mm -hmm. this, I say train because you ain't gonna stop it once all the the parts get together. Gravy train, yeah. train meatloaf train, yeah. nigga. So, Cole, yeah, Cole. I mean, you pretty much touched on Cole Beasley. Yep, yep. I mean, he's just like Witten. He's gonna he's gonna be there. So they That's found it. that those are their security blankets, both Romo and Witten. Uh, who's the next guy? We're gonna go to Terrence. Terrence. <laughs> And he's a local local guy too. Yeah, he's from what? LD White or WT White? WT White. They say LD White. It's LD <laughs> Bell. I'm tripping. Man. Um, body, you know, you got to say Terrence, body catch Williams. Body catch Williams. That's what he does. Catch everything with his body. That motherfucker there, man. He can, if, he get, if he can hit a shoulder pass, he's going to secure the fuck out of it. But if they, he got to put his hands out in the area. Although he did catch one with his hands on the one when uh, Dak broke the record last week. So he stepped, when Dak rolled up in the pocket, yeah, yeah. threw a little corner route. He caught that bitch with his hand, so he's like one out of 30 this year. He's finally getting open now. Last year when he was the, the guy, 
he could never get open. Uh, his route running has gotten so much better. And he's the best blocker on the team. So, I mean, take that into consideration. When you see when you see Zeke running six yards down the field, understand that just because Terrence Williams isn't the threat in the passing game that Dez is, he's still a hoss nigga in the running game, and he's the one opening up, keeping the corners from chasing Zeke down. So that's why he's not gonna get cut. You know, nah, there's no way. I don't think I don't think he comes back next year. I think another team throws more money at him, yeah, and they ain't gonna pay him. They'll draft a receiver. But, I hope the Bryce but, Butler's yeah. coming on, so we already and got. He's a free agent too, so we're gonna throw some money at him. But we're gonna choose between one of them. Just be happy and be thankful for what you have. And Terrence Williams, now nah, he's a good he's a good as they come as a number two receiver in this league. So I received him quite happy. I mean, Bryce Butler, he dropped a deep one, so we saw what he could do with Dak. Romo can throw that same deep mm-hmm. ball. So Bryce is going to be what Bryce is going to be. You just got to hope that he, he, he steps in and makes those crucial. He's going to be like the, you know what I'm saying, the, the fourth receiver that just steps in and makes those timely plays when you need him to. Lucky. Lucky. Lucky's the second best blocker on this team. They use Lucky like they was using Dwayne Harris, and Dwayne Harris is like 30 pounds. Heavier than fucking well, Lucky. Lucky is a little scrappy, though. He's a little tough motherfucker. That's and why he's he on the team. Yeah, he's a gadget. Like, he's their weapon at this point. He's doing that all the little bullshit that Dunbar used to you, do. You know exactly what's coming to Jet Sweet, but right. you, you can't see him. He just... He come around the edge, you quick as fuck. And, they, and they've been selling that because he, he do the crack plays. He come in and crack niggas that's like 80 pounds, 100, yard, 100 pounds. The man's heavier than yeah, him, yeah, yeah. And they set it up. They finally play action. They sit his fast ass downfield. And he fucking... And, They've been setting it up for five weeks, and it finally happened. So, this offense is, is, is running on all cylinders with their skill positions. Shout out to Scott Linehan. He's the assistant coach of the year so far. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of like a little, oh, we got to get to the last, last group, offensive line. Offensive line, the Hogs. The Hogs. I think Dak makes, Dak makes their job easier because of his mobility, but I think Tony also has that, well, let's just, let's just go with what, start with Dak, and then we'll go to Tony. Yeah, yeah. Dak, obviously, with his mobility and his fearlessness was standing in the pocket. Like, Tony, Tony sensed a little bit of pressure. Tony going to move around a little bit, you know what I'm saying, to kind of create some more space. Dak is fucking fearless. Dak will stand there with a nose guard bearing up on his ass. That's the that's the teacher from you know, Dan Mullen, though, you know? Yeah, it has to be. You know, I, I say he, he, ran a, he ran a spread, uh, you know, ran a spread system, but... Urban Myers and Dan Mullen, you know, they came, you know, came together from Florida. Yeah. That spread system is really a pro offense, though. The passing concepts are. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just you doing it from shotgun all the time. So Dak already knows some of the concepts and stuff, and he knows being in the SEC that he's gonna have to sit back there because you can't do most of the running because you're basically in the NFL and the SEC. So that's what I'm most impressed with Dak is his ability to stand in the pocket and just and not be phased. You look and see rookies all the time where. They good when they got a clean pocket. But when shit is breaking down around them, that's when they start panicking. They get that lemon booty. That's what we seen with Carson Wentz now. Yeah, exactly. So, Dak, I mean, it's credit to the O-line, who we'll get to, we're talking on now. <coughs> credit to them, because he hasn't really had to scramble. I thought we would see more as far as a scrambling, you know, I thought I, we've seen a little bit of zone read, but you don't never really see him scramble. And that's a credit to the receivers for getting open and the offense line for him not feeling like he needs to scramble. And if it ain't there, he throwing it away. He throw it away, yeah. So he's very smart and, and, and diligent in his reads and all of that. So he gets he he's having time to get to all his progressions. And but you can imagine Tony's gonna have that same time. So I mean, and we gotta talk about Zeke because he's an extension of the offensive line and pass protection. Because he's a great, great fucking pass protector. But Tony and, and Dak, they're both the direct beneficiaries of the off of the offensive line. But Dak obviously gives you a better chance when on the rare occasion it does break down. 
his pocket presence, his ability to, to, to shed. Like, Tony's not breaking no tackles from no defense alignment. No. That can get a defense alignment off of him. Now, Tony can move around, be agile, make niggas miss. But if you get your hands on him, he's, he's pretty much going down. So, that, that sternness, that strong, mm -hmm. mobile-ass quarterback in the pocket has been an added bonus, you know, on top of the great fucking offense line that we have. But I do think that either way, the offensive line, they're gonna, they're still top one, top two pass protection, top one, top two run protection. So They're number one in the NFL. Yeah, I would put one at both. But, I mean, if you want to argue maybe there's a better run or pass, <laughs> there's no better run blocking. But if you want to argue there's a better pass protecting team, I'm willing to listen. But I think they're one-one in both categories. When they but, want everybody, especially everybody's healthy. Yeah, yeah. I think Ronald Leary is better than Collins. Yeah. Right, like right now, I think Collins has the potential to be better. But right now, Leary is better. But that year, twenty fourteen, Leary was a, was a star. He was the host, yeah. And they was and playing they, and, out. and they were all just the weak. The weakest. The weakest link is Doug Free. If you give but him, they a good, got Chaz Green who's gonna step in next year. He did good. Yeah, he, did, he did pretty good. He subbed in for Tyron. Yeah. Stepped in. He was able to. You know, their their depth is unbelievable. So, I mean. I do want to see, you know, Chaz on the right side. I think next year you'll see that. I think Doug Free, they'll let him go. That's going to open up some cap space as well. Because he definitely got to go. Yeah, so. That bull rush, he can't stop the bull rush. No, no, no. I mean, he, he he's better on the run game, though. Run game, Because he was yeah. taking care of Dunlap in the run game against Cincinnati. But, so, I mean, that's pretty much. We, we wanted to just give an outlook of. Because, I mean, I hate how this controversy pits you one side against the other. Because, I mean, it's still. It's still a good position to be in because think of what we were last year, Cowboy fans. Like, fucking Castle, Whedon, Whedon Kellen Moore, that's what, those were our options. So now we have two solid, firm options, and it's basically like you just choosing between the better of the two. So it's not a problem. It's a good, it's a good thing to have going on. It's just, you know, I feel like it's pitting people. or It's like some Twilight shit where you team Dak or team Tony. So it shouldn't be that way. It's not, you know, we didn't want to present it as like a debate or an argument as far. And we're going to, we're going to do a little slight debate because, I mean, we still have our preferences. But we still, in the end, it's like choosing. It's like it's like a bad bitch and, a, you know, and a, and, a, and a somewhat bad bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't going wrong either way. It's just, you know, it's just about what you prefer. Hey, the third string guy too, man, if some worst case shit ever happened, both of them go down. Mark Sanchez is a nice, reliable guy that can come in. Man, I ain't talking about Mark Hot Dog Sanchez. Man. <laughs> that nigga that be eating hot. I, I think this. I think our offense is quarterback friendly, but I just you know I don't know about. I'm talking about you know if some shit happened, he, he can step in and, and close the game. And close the game, yeah, yeah. Okay, but if I he got those six, seven weeks, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, no, nah, he's good. He's getting a sense. He can step in for a, for two or three quarters and, and finish the game for. Because he didn't. He did in the Philly, but you know he lost the season. Yeah. And we're quarterback friendly, man. That's what they were saying last year when we was talking about drafting a quarterback. You got a, a stout offensive line, a great receiving core, a dominant running game, and a reliable tight end. So, I mean, that's all you can ask for as a young quarterback. But, so we do have to make our pitches. And uh, I will start it off because the nine guy is near and dear to my heart. And it's, it's almost emotional to me at this point because he's kind of like, I've been defending Tony for so long to people that didn't really know how great he was and how awesome he was. And after 2014, everybody finally started to understand how great Tony was, how awesome this nigga has been, and how the Cowboys have been letting him down with his supporting core. We finally got to see it all come together. And then 2015, you know, we thought finally this year's the Super Bowl run, and it's, it's finally gonna it's finally gonna 
Tony's finally gonna get the glory he deserves, and then of course he gets hurt. Second game of the season, tries to come back, gets hurt again, and the season just falls through the fucking roof. So this year you think, all right, it's set up perfectly. You got Zeke, you gonna have this dominant running game, and every quarterback is great with a dominant running game, but especially fucking Tony Romo, and he's gonna have Dez healthy. He's gonna have this Cole Beasley a year older, Terrence Williams a year older, this offensive line a year older, and it's just gonna all set up for a Super Bowl run. And then he gets hurt. Third play of his fucking season. Third play of the preseason for him. He gets hurt. So, and it's like, the, and all the fans have just forgotten with six with six games that, Des, that Dak has played. And I get it. It's, it's been damn pretty impressive six games. But it's still just six games compared to ten years of Romo showing you what he's capable of doing. And yeah, if you look yeah. at the numbers... Romo has been the last two full years he's played, and he played 15 games in 2014. Year before that, he played 15. He threw 10 picks then. He threw nine picks in 2014. So he's not a turnover-prone quarterback like he used to be. He led the NFL in QBR, led it in, in passer rating. Mm -hmm. In December, when you said he was he was at his worst, people always said, "Well, Romo gets worse as the season goes on." He would in the month of December in 2014, he threw 12 touchdowns, has zero interceptions. Four and zero. Four and zero. Division champs. Division champs. Should have been went to the NFC Championship, but we all know what happened in Green Bay. Yep. <laughs> would have went to the Super Bowl. They would have beat Seattle. So, and this is and this is the main re and so that's the emotional aspect I have to Tony. But the financial ties that we have to figure out are also significant in this in this situation. You have a twenty five million dollar cap hit on Romo next year. So, we have to find out. Some way, somehow, what Romo is made of. Whether so we can dangle him for a trade or if we can just straight cut him and then just take the cap hit next year and then move on. But we got to find out. If you don't play Tony, you're just going to cut him out right next year? Tony's the better player right now. No one can argue. No one with any type of sense yeah. can argue that Tony's not the better quarterback right now. The only issue with Tony... <laughs> Shout out to Lil Drake once again. The only issue with Tony is, is availability. It ain't ability. So, if he's healthy and out there with this offense, he's going to eat. He's going to deliver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and he's bringing you more poise. I think my argument with Dak has always been Dak can get you a division title, sort of like what RG3 got you in 2012. But Tony can get you a Super Bowl with a rookie, sort of like what John Elway did with Terrell Davis towards the end of his career. So, I think it's just about, you know, there's a cap on what each, each player can get you. If Tony gets hurt again, you throw Tony back in. Tony gets hurt again, you throw him back in there, and he gets he falls flat on his face, then you just throw Dak back in. I don't believe in this I don't believe in intangible chemistry. I that shit just to me, that's some stuff people say that you can't prove. There's no stat to prove that you're not in the locker room, so how do you know if the chemistry is gonna be impacted by a quarterback change? We don't know that. It's just people football, you know, banner of people, you know, thirty years of people just talking some shit. But it ain't even really no evidence to show that Chemistry even matters in football. It just sounds so good to say because it can't be disproved. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, I don't think if no player has said there's going to be a chemistry issue, then we can't assume there's going to be any chemistry issues. It's a seamless transition. Tony comes in. He takes over. And if he plays like we know Tony's capable of playing, we go to, as far as I can see, a Super Bowl. I, if Tony comes back healthy and we don't deal with any more injuries, this team can win a Super Bowl. Maybe. And the city will be fucking lit. I don't think this team can win a Super Bowl with Dak. I think we can get to the NFC divisional round, you know, with a good record, all that. But I just I think the offense is is limited 
They're limited. And I think against great defenses, that, that will bear itself. So I just think Tony and his his career, his experience, what he's proved, you don't have anything to lose. You got to find out what he's got. If he gets hurt, we trade him for a seven-round pick or we cut him. If he doesn't, we figure it out in the offseason. Hopefully we win a Super Bowl so he can just retire and, you know, go be, go be with his family. And then we just move on to Dak. But, you know, we figure that out then. But we got to figure it out. And the only way you figure it out is by putting... <laughs> it's by putting Tony in. So that's my argument. You stand a little bit differently, so you make your pitch. I mean, you know, Tony Romo, you know, Eastern Illinois. <clears throat> Bill Parcells, you know, gave him, gave him the shot. Ten years ago, man. Ten years ago. But Tony came in on a Monday night against New York Giants. Tech Stadium. 2006. 2006. That's the first game you saying? His first game. Came back in. They benched Drew Bledsoe. I remember... Cause shit, we had a game. We had a game on uh, Saturday, and we, you know, had a full football practice Monday. You know, what we're talking about. We, we actually had a discussion in high school. Drew Bledsoe need to leave, and we needed Tony to step in. Tony had been kicking ass in the preseason, so we, so we knew the transition was coming. So Drew Bledsoe already knew what was happening because you know, same situation happened with him and Tom Brady. Well, Bill Belichick had a choice to make when when Drew Bledsoe came back to either. Put the, you know, future Hall of Famer. And it's crazy how Drew Bledsoe is always in the middle of this shit. Because Tony was in the same position with Drew Bledsoe. Yep. So he already knew. And, you know, after that preseason, I'm pretty sure Bill Parcells told him, you know, if this train started messing up, which it was, we're going to go ahead and play play Tony. And Tony brought in that energy, which fueled the little wild card run. And then, you know, you know what happened in the wild card in Seattle. You know, we took the loss. But then we came back the following year. Tony led us to a divisional, you know, divisional playoff. Another disappointment. Then the year after that, we crumbled down. We crumbled down in the fourth, you know, in the fourth, you know, in the, in the fourth quarter in Philly. You know, it was, it was really terrible. Then the year after that, Tony got hurt. Yeah. Tony got hurt. 2011, I think that was. Tony came back the following year. We ended up winning division, beat Philly. And then it's kind of, you know, the same, you know, same process with Tony. But don't get me wrong, you know Tony. Tony is is the guy that is, is you know is was the cowboy. You know was the Mr. Cowboy. We had no running game. We had Julius Jones, Felix. He Jones. was carrying the franchise. That team, those team, we saw what those teams would have been when he was carrying us to eight and eight. We saw what those teams would have been without Tony. Those were two and fourteen teams. And Tony that he was four games carrying to eight and eight. So, I mean, you want to you want to rip his ass for winning eight games, but. Think about how he got to those eight wins. That has to be taken into consideration. And you, you know, and we, you know, fought, you know, three out of the what? I think every team in every for the for three years, every team we played the final week, whether it was Philly, Washington, or New York, in three years, they played the Cowboys, and we had a chance to get in the playoffs, and we didn't. So, you know, in particular moments, you know, Romo doesn't show up. You know, not 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 doesn't show up. You know, he might throw. He he he's a he's a he's a go getter like Brett Favre. He's going to try to... But he's not as bad as Brett Favre. Not as bad as Brett Favre. Brett Favre Nobody's was... Nobody's as bad as Brett Favre. But Brett Favre also makes a throw. And you'd be like, oh, shit. Like, For sure, absolutely. Like, you know, he's great. But to get back to what we're saying, you know, where I stand is I'm going to roll with the young guy. I'm going to roll with Dak. And all the reason I'm saying I'm going to roll with Dak is I'm a, you know, like I said, in my profession, you know, I got a different eyes from y'all view. You know what I'm saying? So y'all can only see a certain amount of things from what... You know what you see, what you really don't see on TV. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you, you say, you, like you, you're not in the locker room, and 
that stuff do kind of mess up certain type of chemistry. That's why I respect 82 because 82 won't nine. 82 loves nine. But 82 has not came out and said, I want nine back. 82 just saying we're getting the job done. Yeah. So he's not being selfish. She's like, if four, if four can get it done and can give me this ring, then I'm going to roll with four. And that's where I'm at in my career. Like, whoever the guy is that's giving me the ball, you know, I don't care who it is. As long as we putting up W's and we get into the championship, we trying to win. Um, but do you think those guys in that, in that locker room don't feel that Tony? Because I would argue, Whitten in his head, maybe even Dez is probably thinking we're 6-0 and with Tony. We're six and zero because Tony Tony wins that Giants game. Yeah, you know, no doubt, no doubt. So we're six and zero with Tony. I, I blame Scott Linehan on that because he held the playbook so condensed for Dak to where when we go the next week to Washington in the third and fourth quarter, he just opened the playbook up and you saw what Dak was able to do, move the ball around and get you know get down for there sure. and get to the end zone and stuff. But well, I, I mean, it was just it was his first game, so I mean, some of that was the limited playbook. Yeah, some I mean, of you know, Terrence Williams, Terrence Williams not right, getting out of bounds too. Because I think Dan Bailey makes a sixty-yard field goal with a drill. I wouldn't put it past him at all. And you know, like you say, he's six and zero. But you're five and one. You're on a five-game winning streak, and this this team is kind of similar to the 2014 team. They lost the week one, and everybody wow. started everybody started panicking, well, and then they and went five and one, and then what? We went what eight and two? We were like ten and one at one point, ten and two. I think it was yeah, like ten or two. They they lost on Thanksgiving, which they probably might lose on Thanksgiving this year too. Yeah. It's just we haven't been good on Thanksgiving. It's that short week, you know, yeah. playing on Sunday, coming back on Thursday. But as far as the chemistry standpoint, you say he's really not that much chemistry. I like Dak because Dak has a certain type of swag that fits this Cowboys team, this particular Cowboys team. Definitely weird it, but Dak got that it. And on the on the field, I mean, he just brings a different element to the. To the Cowboys team, and he uh, he fits it. Not nah. for sure. No, nah, I mean, but I think I think I get what you're saying with like the swag and like how he approaches the game. I think Tony brings that same swag to the table. He just approaches it in a different way. His swag is like that, you know, that that gunslinger type. You know, I'm, I'm confident I can make any throw, whatever needs to be done. I can get this ball in there. You know, Dak has that. Dak is very like he has that quiet confidence too about him. But it's just it's how they. You know, it's kind of how they carry themselves differently. I get what you're saying. And then with the way this team is young, the line is young, the receivers are young, the running back is young. And they all just uh, – this, this, this started at 11, could be together for the next decade, bro, just like the Patriots. And they just – instead of – I don't want the Cowboys to with, – with, with Dak back there, it won't teeter off. You know how the Patriots just been steady? I think Tom Brady didn't miss the playoffs one time when he didn't even play. They just been steady for 15, 16 years. That's how the Cowboys are going to be because then you just – Flip the guys but you can get. I, but I think I don't disagree with that at all. But I think you can get still get to that point with Tony as the starting quarterback. Tony plays this year. If he gets hurt, if, honestly, the most and it's sad to say this, the best case. I mean, the the way this all works itself out is if Tony gets hurt. That's the less the least complicated scenario because then Tony gets hurt, he retires or gets traded after the season, and then Dak is the quarterback from this point out. Man, it's just that's why I think the only way you figure this thing out. It's by it's by putting Tony in, man. I think you just I think that's the only way you can answer all these questions. Oh, because you're gonna have to pay the man. He's gonna play against Cleveland. You're oh. gonna have a cap hit regardless. So you gotta find out. And I just don't think, from what we've seen from Tony, if Tony stays healthy, I don't think I think once people people have forgotten how good Tony is. No, I, I really think I think not you, but I'm saying most fans that aren't as serious about this as we are. If, yeah. 
they've kind of forgotten how good Tony is because you know, people have short attention spans. Yeah. So I think once people see how good Tony can be, once he comes back and what this, he does for this offense, I think people will understand that and be willing to accept it moving forward. All right, Dak, Dak's time will come. Because I think people haven't seen Tony with a defense that can play this well. We didn't talk about the defense, but defense has been playing their ass off. So this is a top 10 scoring defense right now. So Tony's never had that. Oh, the, year, well, he's had it, the two years he's had it was the years they won a division, 2007 2009. So, I mean, we this is what this team could be with the, an above-average defense. So, I think, I mean, it's going to, I mean, all this banner and back and forth is good for, like, the podcast, for the radio, and for TV. But in the end, it's going to just come down to what Boss Man himself says. And, you know, he's going to sit down with Steven and with Jason Garrett. and I, I, I think, you know, Jerry wants Tony. You know, personally, I want to roll with Dak, but I don't have a problem with Romo, you know, weak. When, he, when he's fully healthy, I'm talking about when he's fully exactly, healthy. Exactly, yeah, because he came back last year on a short week, and he wasn't healthy, so he couldn't handle a short week, and Carolina kicked his ass. And then yeah. San Francisco, the year before, when he came back, he was a little rough, and they kicked his ass. So, Tony, if Tony's not healthy, if he's shown, he's going to struggle a little bit, especially if he hadn't played. Yeah. So, if he, he has I, to be. Even, even even it's like Peyton Manning, they could have rushed him back, yeah. but he just waited and waited, and then week 17, I mean, that it, it might happen like that. It might happen. They might say, all right, we're going to the playoffs, Tony. I'm gonna roll with the old sling. I don't think you could just go throw Tony in their code after not playing at all in the year. Now at that point, if it Tony ain't back to week 17, then I'm not throwing him in because you played an entire season with Dak as your guy. But if it's the middle of the season, like we talk but about, I mean, eight it, games might, in, it, it might it might come down. They play Philly. That game might come down to the division. It might come down if you win this game, you gonna get that bye week and you get the division of the game instead of being a freaking five seed having a freaking play in you know Seattle or something. No, for sure, but I'm saying if you're at that point, well, this is me assuming. I just, okay, let's put this out there. So you think, do you assume that, that Tony's going to be starting against Cleveland? You said you thought that? More if he's healthy. If they if he, if he practices, like, he has to be cleared this week for that to happen. He's yeah. not playing against Philly. He's not going to play against Philly, right. But, but we, so we both think he'll be playing against Yeah, Philly. I mean, that's the perfect game. Cause, okay, yeah. Cause so you can, he so can we got to get our answer. We're going to find out. We're so find he's going to be against Cleveland. He's gonna, he's and he's on the road. And, yeah. and he's on, on the road. If, if it's a home game, it's more pressure. Like, if he was to play against Philly, yeah, any, gonna, little, yeah. any little thing. They're going to bull his ass. Bull his ass. So they they have, man. Yeah, so, so at halftime, Jason Garrett will make the switch. And then you I don't run. think there would be the pressure. I don't think he would fall victim to the – I think the only pressure Garrett feels is from Jerry Jones. And so Jerry ain't worried about the fact – he worried about the fans, but he's not worried about the fans in sense of decision making. Right. Let me ask you this though: Is this way off? Topic? I think they give Tony at least two games if he's in, if he's playing bad. Let me ask you this way off topic. Talk, topic. If we would have got Manziel, do you think Manziel would have been doing what Dak is doing with this offense? That's a good question. I usually ask a good questions on this podcast. That's a good question. I mean, with the offense, Manziel with Zeke. Yeah. But I'm a believer in Manziel. I thought Manziel had football magic that just couldn't be explained. Like, when you talk about it factor, Manziel had it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because Manziel, they say, wasn't a good practice player, but Dak isn't a good practice player, supposedly. Hell no. So, man. I mean, you give Manziel this offensive line with these weapons, yes, I think Manziel could have been really good. I have no doubt in my mind Manziel could have been good. So, I mean, would he have been Dak? Who knows? Who's to say? But... I think he would have been able to be pretty damn good, pretty decent. So yeah, yeah. I don't think. Patrick but you wouldn't have had Zach Martin though. 
Oh, I guess they could have signed you Manziel signed, over there. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was just afraid. I would have I would have signed Manziel and had him as my third string guy instead of Mark Sanchez. Because he'd be developing for two years, two, three years. And then it's trade bait. So we're gonna we're gonna find out, man. That's I mean that's really what the the overall summary of this whole quarterback controversy is. It's not a controversy because everyone in the in the organization understands that when Tony gets back, it's his team. The only people making it a controversy is everyone else, the fans, the media, everything. So the players gonna I mean Tony gonna play. We're gonna find out, and it's gonna answer itself. And then either way, we're gonna be in a good situation. And it's never been a better time to be a Cowboys fan since the 90s, and I mean, we just got to be happy about, shout out to Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, Will McClain, the team that these fucking front office people put together, because I mean, we're deep, we're young, we got, we're going to have cap when, when Tony finally hangs it up, and we can get his cap hit off, Hopefully so, next year. yeah, so I mean, we can go get some defensive players, some like defensive some. players in, and we got, then you got a juggernaut, so, it's, it's good times, man, it's good times, and in Cowboy Land, Cowboy Nation, um, was there anything your, else we really need to attack as far as with, pre, the, with the Cowboys? What's your prediction on? for the rest of the season with, with both quarterbacks, records with both? If Tony plays the rest, if Tony plays, I think we go thirteen and three. With Dak, I can see like twelve and four. Um, but I, I see us getting the number one seed because I think that running game with Zeke is just going to get better. And better, and I just don't see anybody in the NFL being able to stop it. Green Bay was supp supposedly historically great run defense, and they, they got they got mushed in the fucking mouth. So Minnesota maybe is the is a team that can you know we'll, we'll see them week though. That's gonna be the matchup of the season. So because we got the best offense in the league basically right now according to all all statistics. So that's gonna be the matchup, and we're gonna find out then. But I think 13 and 3, 12 and 4 with Dak, and I think we'll have the number one seed. And I think with Romo, we can win the Super Bowl. I think with Dak, Seattle is still the best, the better team. I think Romo makes us better than Seattle. I think Seattle is still the best team in the NFC with, with, um, with Dak in there. So uh, 12, 12 and 4, no matter who the quarterback is. Yeah. Because uh, our schedule is easy, man. 12 and 4, I think you I, I can see us losing to some. I can we see get us. Pittsburgh without Big Ben now, because Big Ben out four to six weeks. All right, so that's what I mean. But I can see us losing, losing some fluke game. Somebody we ain't supposed to lose to, doing some cowboy shit. But that, but with this, with this, we didn't lose no fluke games in 2014, bro. With this playing style, it's hard to lose a fluke game. Who they lose to? They lost San Fran. They lost to Philly on Thanksgiving. San Fran. They lost to San Fran the first game of the season. That was a fluke game. Washington, um, Washington on Monday night. Tony got hurt. Yeah, you're right. It was like Arizona. And, and that was without Tony. Yeah. Right, yeah. So Tony, the two, the game Tony first came back, the game Tony missed. Thanksgiving, which Tony's always bad on Thanksgiving because it's a short, it's short rest and his body can't handle it. And then um, what was that, the other game? That that actually will be the best. Watching the game, he got hurt. That's the best target time for a full healthy Roma will be after Thanksgiving because you'll have Friday. Plus that in another week. Yeah, I heard somebody make an argument that you play Dak on Thanksgiving, like a pinch quarterback or some shit. I mean, that could work. That'd really. be that'd be that'd be crazy if they did some shit like that. It's a pinch quarterback. It's like a pinch hitter in the sense that you you bring him oh. out. Like Romo doesn't play well on a short week rest, so oh, you bring Dak in. He just plays for that week, and then you bring Tony back in. 
So it's a that would go that would go directly against your chemistry argument. It's a it's a it's a win win situation. Yeah. No, it's a great. That's what I say. Anytime you see talk, uh, Jerry in an interview. Nigga smiling from ear to ear. He happy, mother. He about as happy as you can get. As an old ass nigga. I think they're going to win Super Bowl yeah, this year. Yeah. No, nah, I think they're going to win Super Bowl too, bro. I think the city going to be lit. But, um, yeah, it's going to be good times, man. Um, not all the episodes going to be as sports centered as this one. But, I mean, you know, it's the bye week. Want to come on. Get my boy, one of the biggest Cowboys fans I know, along with myself. And uh, talk some football, you know. So. Hey, make sure y'all check out the season, my season. Champion, Champions Indoor Football League, Duke City Gladiators, you know, we kick off March 4th. Make sure y'all watch it online, every sport. I'll be uh, posting stuff. Y'all follow me on my Twitter, Andre Big Baby Dre, Instagram, Andre Big Baby Dre. And it's spelled with a U. Undra. <laughs> spelled with a U. Yeah, yeah, y'all go show that boy love. Um, we'll keep, we'll, we'll post like highlights. I gotta get a fan page for the podcast on like Facebook and all that shit. Um, definitely. So we'll post highlights of people in different, uh, like, yeah, 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 we'll put videos, um, like little highlights of the, of the podcast, put like basically things that people that have been on the podcast have going on. So like, maybe if you send me some highlights, we can throw those on there. May, um, May 20th in Dallas, we're playing the Dallas Marshes on the ski. So put that on the calendar, put that all out May 20th. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely plug that on the pod. Shout out to Lil Dre in the back. So shout out to Dre. Appreciate you, man. My nigga. Thanks for having me, Zell. Coming Dre. through on the pod, man. We're going to do this again, hopefully, before the playoffs start. Hey, shout out to my man, Zell, coming through and being the audio producer slash cameraman for the day. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Big Dre. Shout out to Lil Dre. I'm the Notorious D.R.E., your host. Yep, yep, yep. See y'all. Next time we out. All my dreamers put your hands in the sky. All my dreamers put your hands in the sky. One time. All my dreamers put your hands in the sky. All my dreamers put your hands in the sky. One time. For the bullshit that you came from. Worked hard to get away from. But the devil's there and you just can't seem to shake up. Long night that you stayed up. Thinking about that paper. Crushing liquor, split it, light it, blaze up. From the mind of a stoner. From the mind of a stoner. Simple thoughts from a loner. Simple thoughts from a loner. Just the mind of a stoner. From the mind of a stoner. Simple thoughts from a loner. Simple thoughts from a loner. Oh, 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 oh. Rolling up this week. Simple thoughts from a loner. Oh.